In the name of Christ, the one who has come to serve. Amen. Recently, I have been attempting to teach my teenage son how to play tennis. And actually, he's been doing pretty well. He's learned how to do ground strokes, both forehand and backhand. He's learned how to hit lobs and even overhead smashes. But what he's having trouble with is learning to serve. And I'm having trouble teaching him to serve. And we're discovering together that learning to serve is very, very difficult. It's difficult in tennis, and it's difficult in life. It's difficult in ministry as well. Our text here that was just read has a conversation between Jesus and a teacher of the law, an expert in the law of Moses. And this man has some learning to do, some learning about serving. The two of them come to an agreement that the heart of the law is the two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. But then this lawyer asks about that final clause, love your neighbor as yourself. And the text says that he sought to justify himself. Find a loophole here. And so he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? Now there was an ongoing debate among the rabbis and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law just on this point. Who is my labor, my neighbor? Some in fact claimed that their neighbor was only other Pharisees. They were called to love other Pharisees. Those are my neighbor. Others broadened it out to include other Jews, those who were of the line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They are the ones who are my neighbors that I'm called to love. And it was a very open question as to whether the category of neighbor went outside of those limits that could include the likes of Samaritans or Gentiles. And so the question here, Jesus, you weigh in on the debate. Who is my neighbor? And Jesus answers the question with a story. He says, a man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he was accosted by robbers who stripped him and stole his possessions and beat him, leaving him half dead alongside the road, like roadkill. And then two men came by. And I want you to note that these are both professional religious workers and leaders, a priest and a Levite. Today we celebrate the completion of the SMP training for these men who already are pastors, have been ordained a couple of years ago, professional church workers, and you are preparing, most of us here, preparing to be professional church workers, pastors and deaconesses and so forth. It's the likes of us that Jesus describes here. And the first is a priest. The priest sees the man and passes by. 
The text doesn't tell us why, but I might surmise why. The priest sees this man who is blooding and beaten and thinks, that is too messy for me. If I would touch this man with all his blood and all those bodily secretions, I would become ceremonially unclean. I would no longer for a time be a fit for my functions in my office here. And for all we know, he might have thought this guy was dead, and to touch a corpse was especially unkosher. And so, too messy, too messy, I'll pass right by. The second religious worker, the Levite, comes by. And the Levite, again, was someone who was very busy with all kinds of churchy activities. And he came by, and his responsibilities were to clean the temple or the synagogue, to organize the library, the sacred writings, to organize the sacred vessels and furniture, maybe even copy some of the writings of the scriptures for people. He was very busy. He had many, many responsibilities and tasks. And now he sees this man and he passes by. Why? We don't know. But quite possibly he was just too busy to get involved. And so Jesus now confronts this man with these two professional church workers and their actions or lack of action to the man in need. Well, today, ministry happens as well along the everyday journey of life. And when opportunities to serve arise, what is our response? Is it sometimes that we are too involved in the sacred rites that we can't get our hands dirty, we can't get our hands into the mess of life, to interact with people's problems, with the messes that they've made in their lives, relational messes, messes of their marriages and so forth? Teens who have made poor decisions and getting involved with them and besides they kind of look like a mess with purple hair and piercings and tattoos and all that. Uh, no, I'll just kind of keep my distance from that. Or the elderly people whose lives now are a mess because they just can't take care of themselves and operate the way that they used to be able to. No, no, we'll leave them to their own business. This is too messy for me to get involved. Or perhaps we are too busy because to help others and to get ourselves involved takes time. And we've got our lives scheduled to the minute. We've got our ministries scheduled to the second. And we just can't fit this intrusion into our time schedule. We've got obligations. We've got deadlines to attend to. 
An experiment was done several years ago at Princeton Theological Seminary, and the professor assigned to the students an exegetical study of this text, the account or the parable of the Good Samaritan. And they were to go back and analyze that text and come back the next class period to discuss its meaning. And on the day that they were to gather together, this professor planted an actor who acted like a homeless man who was sick and ailing right at the steps to the entrance to that building. How would the students respond? Less than 10% took any time to attend to this man. Over 90% seminary students, those preparing for church work, passed him by because they had a schedule. They had to be on time to class to present their analysis of this parable too busy. Well, of course, in this story, there was one who stopped to attend to the needs of this broken and beaten man, a Samaritan. And as you know, the Samaritans were hated enemies of the Jews. The Jews, especially the Pharisees, considered the Samaritans to be half-breeds and heretics and traitors to the true faith. In fact, it was typical in that time among the Jews that in the stories that were told, when a Pharisee, I'm sorry, when a Samaritan appeared as a character, he was the villain. Everybody would boo and hiss. And perhaps when Jesus introduced this character, a Samaritan, the hearers immediately thought, oh, no doubt he's going to finish this poor hapless soul off for good. But instead... The Samaritan reaches down, attends to the needs of this man, binds him up, brings healing to him, takes him to an inn, pays for his medical care. Just the exact opposite of what they might have expected. And then Jesus asks that clinching question to this expert of the law. Which of these men was the neighbor to the one who fell among the robbers. Which was the neighbor? And did you see the response of the lawyer? He couldn't even bring himself to say the Samaritan. Instead, he said, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus' response, you go now and do likewise. You go and do likewise. And that's what Jesus says to us as well. You go and do likewise. In your vocations as students, as those preparing for full-time ministry, as those who are in full-time ministry, you go and do likewise. How are we doing? Well, for us, again, so oftentimes... That kind of service is much too messy. And we are much too busy to get involved with the likes of those people. We fail to serve. But there is one who did go and do likewise. 
And I'm talking beyond simply the fictional character of the Samaritan in this parable. I'm talking about the real-life narrator of the story, Jesus himself. Christ is the one who has come into this messy world and connected with messed-up people, prostitutes, tax collectors, lepers, the outcasts, sinners, so much so that the Pharisees labeled him the friend of sinners. And indeed he was, and indeed he is. He served sinners, healing them, forgiving them, releasing them from their bondage. And he serves sinners like you and me, healing us, releasing us from the bondage of our own self-serving provocations, restoring us. Christ's mission was to see us in our need. Just like that man alongside the road, we were dying in our sin, and he loved us, and he entered into the mess of our sinful lives and has brought healing and restoration to us. Now, what is our response? Well, our response is to go and do likewise. We join Christ in his service, in his ministry, and we serve in his name, and we serve those whom he sends to us and those to whom we are sent in the messiness and the busyness of life. We go and do likewise. Amen. We stand for the hymn.